agree. Hallelujah. So uh, I'm just going to jump straight in now and just do like a review of what we've been tracking. Mentalities for Advent, preparation period for the arrival of Jesus Christ, which is what we've been looking at. I'm just going to do a review um, and then I won't finish today. I'll continue on Wednesday. But I want to encourage everybody, please again be here on Wednesday. Don't be a Sunday, Sunday believer. Sunday, Sunday is not sufficient. I plead with you. I plead with you. You're missing out. I was having a conversation with one of my brothers. Uh, he's here now. Uh, and we're talking after service on Sunday. Uh, no, on Wednesday. Yeah. And I was like, wow, good to see you. You came today. You know, and I was like, yeah, every time I come, this is always powerful. And I said, okay, what then do you think happens every time you don't come? <laughs> Something still happens, but you miss out. That's what happens. I've forgotten the term, but there was a, there's a term for it that I shared with us here. What you never had, but you lose. We don't think about that. Who can remember the term? There was a term for it. If my wife will remember. I, I, I will get it. What you never had, but you lose. There was a, there's, a, there's a term for it. But, and, I, and I was having a conversation with him, and I said, it's, time we, it's high time we started thinking along the line of certain things that we lose because, because, because you never had it. You don't know that you've lost it. Are you guys getting it? Because you never had it, you don't have a sense of loss. But there are a lot of things that we never had that we lose. And the reason is we don't get them. So because you've not gotten it, now that you have lost it, you don't feel you've lost something. That's how it is. It's just like, what's her name? UD. Let's say UD. She's not an Oxford student. Oxford is not joke. Oxford is not beans. Trust me. Getting in is not even beans. Going through it is not beans. Are you guys getting the point I'm making? Right, you have to put in the work. So let's say she said, "Like this place is very busy. I don't have a finance background. I'm not a consultant, so I need to bury myself inside book." And then she skips Wednesday. She will still be here today on Sunday, but she will never know what she had missed. She will never know. And there are a lot of things that will be laid bare when we get to the Father, and the Father will say, "Come, Fred." Come, let's talk. You see, actually, this is a life I actually planned for you. <laughs> but this is the one you settled for. And I, and, I, and I keep telling myself, I say, God, I want to reduce, I want to minimize my regret in heaven. I want to minimize it. Because I don't know the opportunities I've lost. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I never had them, I don't have a sense of loss. But yet, I've lost them. I've lost them. But because I never had them, I don't have that sense of loss. I don't. And so every, with all of us, you will see the version, the complete version of your life as designed by God, meant for earth. You will see it when you get there. And then it will be placed side by side the actual. It's just like Nigeria. Nigeria has been living a potential since 1960. Nigeria is a great country. Has a lot of potential. But all we've been living is our what? Our potential. But we've not been able to translate that potential into what? Into reality of what we are capable of as a country. It's the same thing as individuals. You have no idea what you're capable of. You're capable of much more. Honestly. Each and every one of us here. You're capable.
capable of so much more. If only we can continue to lean in into the heart of the Father to get that accurate blueprint and template that he has for us. And then we bring it into reality. So every day, I want to minimize. I say, I want to minimize my regrets when I get there. And so we must continue to take advantage of those opportunities. All right, so I want to encourage everybody. I won't finish this, but the, the last part of it is very, very important. And so I want everybody, please be here, whatever you do. The least you can do is join online. That's the least you can do. But there's more impact if you have the opportunity to be here. Hallelujah. So mentalities for Advent, preparation period for the arrival of Jesus Christ. And what this is telling us is that there's a required mindset in the last days. There's a posture that we need to assume in the last days. And this is very, very, very important. And he started by saying that it is clear that we are in a period of preparation. That is very clear to us. Can I get an amen? We're in a period of preparation right now. And he said the world is experiencing problems that defy human solutions. That's where the world is right now. A lot of issues will be coming up that will defy human solutions. And I have it somewhere in my book, Imagine Remnant. I mean, when God started giving me the revelation for that book in the year 2001, thereabout, God said to me that there will be problems that will emerge in the last days that science and technology will not be able to prefer solutions to. And we are coming there right now. And so mentalities are like attitudes, thinking systems, and postures that we need to have that we allow us to walk powerfully toward the end of time all right so if we want to walk the way god would have us walk towards the end of time we need this mindset we need this heart posture we need this thinking system in other words the previous thinking system that we had must give way to a new thinking system and the best way I always use to actually help us understand this is, like I always say, if let's say this evening you have a flight to catch, 7 p.m. flight today out of Nigeria, even as you are sitting down here, it's only half of your attention that I will get. Am I lying? No, because your flight is 7 p.m. So a part of your mind is thinking, what are those things I'm yet to pack? Did I pack this bag? Did I pack this bag? Because your mind is shifted. It's like because you are preparing for a trip. That is not when someone will come and say, can we go for lunch around 3 p.m.? You will say, no, I have to go home and make sure that I have all the things that I need to pack. What has happened between that season or that day and last week? The reality of the journey. Last week, that was not your mindset. Last week, that was not your mindset. Last week, you were still booking appointments. You were still filling out your calendars. You were still having meetings. You are still going out and all of that. But because the trip is now around the corner, everything about you as what has shifted towards that journey. It's the same thing for us right now. Everything about us must be telling us that the return of Jesus Christ is around the corner. The same way you would feel if you had flights to catch in a few hours. It's the same way we ought to be feeling right now. So in other words, you're supposed to be living every day as do it where you're last. Because we actually don't know the time or the hour when it's coming. We actually don't know. He kept that away from us. And it was good he did. Right? Because we will not prepare. You'll be waiting till last minute. Especially Nigerians. You know Nigerians, I mean, we always wait till last minute. They open our neck portal. Everybody come and register. Come and register. Mm -hmm. Months. 
And then towards the end, let's go and register. Let's go and register. We always wait till the last minute. God, God knows us. Say, so I will not tell them the day. If not, they won't build their lives. They won't come to maturity. They won't come to perfection. They will just wait till the last minute and just give their life to Christ. <laughs> and just sneak in. But that's not what God wants. God wants us to attain a level of maturity and perfection in time before we transition because the level of maturity you attain in time is what you will take into eternity. If you're a baby believer here, you'll be a baby there. It doesn't matter your age in time. And so that's what God is. That's why God kept, one of the reasons God kept that away from us. And so you have to be living every day as though it were your last. So every day you ask yourself, what do I have that is still left undone? You have to have your backs packed right now because exit is around the corner. And so you, we need that mindset. That's what that mindset looks like. That mindset, that readiness to exit. And there was something else that he said that stood up to me very strongly. He said, the wanting of God and the desires of man have become one. For the very first time in the history of man, I would say that we now have a generation of people that are saying, come Lord, come. All across the world. We now have a generation of people who are being prepared for the return of Jesus Christ. We now have a generation of people who are mindful of the desires of the Father. We now have a generation of people who are saying, it is not just about me, myself, and I. It is not just about receiving from you. It's about, Father, what would you have me do? How would you have me live? That's why we say to come into the reformation, you must go through what we call a paradigm shift. A paradigm shift from a bless me mentality to a bless God mentality. In the reformation, it's not about God just meeting your needs. It's about you fulfilling purpose. It's about you pleasing the Father. And so we're in that season right now where the wanting of God and the desires of man have become one. That's why right now we have a remnant all across the world who can't wait to exit. Some of us are already getting tired of time. I say, God, we can't wait to put on the new body so that this flesh will give way to a new body. So we're in that season right now. And then he said, every time God does something, he's telling us about himself. And he said, we are living in the ending days of grace. And one thing that is also very important in this season is that we are required to work in finalized maturity in the earth. Finalized maturity. That's why one of the emphasis today is maturity of the saints. If you check the heart of the Father and say, okay, God, what is important to you right now? One of the things you will see in the heart of the Father right now is maturity of the saints. Not blessing the saints. No. It's maturity of the saints. That's what he wants to see. And so we are required to work in finalized maturity in the earth in this season. And of course, we read from Malachi chapter 4, verse 4, from verse 4. And he said, remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all Israel. And he said, see, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. In other words, before the day of the Lord, there will be the spirit of Elijah that will be sent forth. You know, and that is a dimension of the spirit of the Lord that is being released to us in this season. And he said, remember means to recall, to think on, and to acknowledge, to, men to, to mention, and to make known. 
And so we are required to actively recall the principles, the values, the precepts, the conditions, and directives and describers that gave us the start of our journey. And there was something else he said. Every time God talks, we grow wise. Who picked that? Every time God talks, we do what? We grow wise. The word of God empowers. The word of God builds us. The word of God makes us better. So there's a measure of growth that is required every time God talks. That is why by the grace of God, after this meeting today, Nigeria should get better tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, that is how I see life. And that is how it ought to be for us. Right now, if we truly, in all of our churches, engage with the mind of God, in our millions and tens of millions, and then after service, we release everybody into Nigeria. Nigeria should be, there should be greater light. Do you know what I'm saying? There should be greater light. Because every time we receive the word of God, it makes us better. And the fruit of it is seen in the world. The fruit of your life arising from what you're interacting with right now should be seen in the world tomorrow. There has to be a difference. It shouldn't be the same version of you that started this week or passed through this week that is just ending, that is going into this new week. Because every time God, God talks, we grow. And he said we don't know how to be until we read the word of God. The word of God tells us how to be. Not your background. The word of God tells us how to be. Not your experiences. The word of God tells us how to be. Not, not your upbringing. Not your upbringing. And those are some of the things that we have to break ourselves away from. Some of us are locked into the, into the box of our upbringing. We are locked into the cage of our background. For some of us, it's certain negative experiences that have, that, that have us locked in. And then our references are usually from there. You need to break those things completely. Ask yourself, when you respond, when you react, when you speak, where is this coming from? Is this being defined by the word of God? And so we do not know how to be until we read the word of God. And he said, when we see how God thinks, then we know how to think. When we see the architecture and the mind of God, then we know how to be humans. Hallelujah. And so as I'm going over each and every one of these, I just want to just use this to cement your understanding of this download. And just be trusting God. Let interaction be taking place in your heart as you're hearing the word. Don't attack the word. Don't question the word. Don't try to second guess the word. Receive it and let grace flow. Hallelujah. So each time I talked about boxes, what you should be doing is the Holy Spirit will be highlighting to you certain mindset, certain limitations, self-imposed limitations. As, you, as the Holy Spirit is highlighting those things to you, you should just be breaking them. God, I'm delivered from this. I'm delivered from fear of failure. I'm delivered from fear of success. I'm delivered from this limitation. I'm delivered from this limitation. That's how to interact with the word of God. Because we don't have forever to change. Some of us tend to think we have forever to change. You don't. You don't have forever to, to change. Because the more I continue to carry this limiting mindset, the, 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 the more I restrict myself from coming to the fullness of the life that God has for me. That's the truth. The more I continue to see myself wrongly, the more I continue to shut myself out of the purposes and the will of God for my life. So the faster I change, 
the faster I become who God says I am, the quicker I am able to equalize and then fulfill the purpose of God for my life. Because there are dimensions of the purpose of God that I will not be able to accomplish in my current state. Hallelujah. There are dimensions of the purposes of God I will not be able to accomplish in my current state. And so I have to change. I have to become better. I have to upgrade. And that is why transformation is one of the hallmarks of believers. Constant change. Constant growth. And you must be able to track your growth. You must be able to track those changes. Because our ability to please God is actually hinged on that transformation. Our ability to be able to even hear God correctly and walk in line with his demands in every season is hinged on that transformation. So we have to constantly change. That is very important. And so every time you come, just be saying, God, what aspect of my life do you want to fix? What aspect of my life do you want to change? Where do you want me to improve? What mindset do you want me to get rid of? What are those limiting forces that are still holding me back? You know, and as you're having that interaction, you're trusting God for the grace of God to do an instant work in your life. Like I said, we are not in that season where God will speak and then it takes us six months to equalize. No. The power of God is so potent. The power of God is what is potent. If you can yield your heart to him, you see that struggle will be broken in an instant. Yield to him. Like I said, the challenge is that we romanticize some of these issues. We pet them. We cuddle them. Instead of what? Letting them go. You know, just like my car. Needed to change my car. But to change it, I needed to sell the old one. But I didn't want to let the old one go. So my brother had to tell me, he said, Ceci, if you want to sell this car, you have to let it go. I'm serious. And I didn't know. I didn't know I was holding on to it. There was an attachment. I mean, I've used it for a while. Who understands what I'm talking about? I mean, I've used this car for a while. There's just this attachment to this car. And he said to me, he said, one day, so we've been saying we want to sell it, we want to sell it, we want to sell it. And he's just been dragging and dragging and dragging. And then one day, he just, that's him there, AY. He just, he said, just oh, come, he said, see, see this car. If you truly let it go now, we'll sell it in a few days. I said, how do you mean? He said, because you are still holding on to it. The holding on to it is not physical holding on to. It's mental holding on. Because at that time, he has access to it so he can carry it and go, show, take it anywhere. But in my mind, I was still what? Holding on to the car. And he said, you must let it go. And I said, ah, oh, this makes sense. So. And I said, okay, move all my things. <laughs> and I said, okay, move all my things from the car. How many days after? Three days after the car was sold. So sometimes you're holding on to something too tightly, yet you want to let it go, but somehow you don't want to let it go. But the moment you can just release and let it go and see it go, that's when it goes. Even though I had given him the key, I had not seen the car go. So until he said, you have to let this car go. And I said, ah, okay. I'm actually holding on to this car. I need to let it go. I know what I did. I deleted it from my mind. I released it from my heart. And I said, move my things from the car. Three days after it was sold. So we need to understand how these things work. 
you romanticize a problem. You, you hold on to a problem. You pet it. It will not go. And it's going to look as if the power of God is not sufficient. No. The problem is not the grace of God or the power of God to address that problem. Is that you are still holding on to it. Somewhat holding on to it. Let it go. Let it go. And it will never come back. That car has been sold. I'm sure by now they've done change of ownership. It will never come back. Do I want it to come back? Nope. Oh, that's for someone else. Someone else will carry it. Do you understand what I'm saying? It will never come back. So you must let it go. The power of God is, is so potent. It doesn't matter the habit. It doesn't matter how long you've lived with it. It doesn't matter the mindset. It doesn't matter the experience. In the course of birthing a divine vision that we're going through, and one of the things that DDK said that really struck me was like, he said, I appreciate you've been hurt. I appreciate you've had negative experiences. I appreciate all of that, but can you just heal? Let God heal you so you can move on. Let God heal you so I can make progress. If every time something happens, you make reference to that, that means that thing still has power over your life. You must come to that place where your new experiences are not determined by your past. Even though you still have similar experiences, don't link it to your past. The moment you link it to your past, you empower your past. That's what happens. The moment you link it to your past, you empower that past. Let it go. It doesn't mean situations and circumstances will not repeat themselves. It doesn't mean you may not find yourself in similar situations, but at that point, you will no longer make reference to the past. Because the moment you say, oh, is this past, you empower it to hold you down. Let it go. Heal. Move on. Because if we don't come out of this, we will not be able to walk in the fullness of the life that God has for us. And like I said again and again, the power of God, the grace of God is available to heal, to deliver, to set free, and to bring us into the fullness of the life that God has for us. Don't let your past hold you back. Don't empower it. Let it go. Let it go. Come into the new. Come into the new. Hold on to the new. And keep moving forward. Don't make references. Even when you find yourself repeating the same mistakes, don't say, hey, it has come back again. No! The moment you say it has come back again, it stays. Do, are you guys getting the point I'm making? Even when you repeat the same mistake, don't say, hey, it has, no, it has not come back. He who the son sets free is what? Is free indeed. That you have repeated the mistake does not mean you are still under yoke. Don't use your mouth to put yourself under that bondage. See, let me say this. The moment you can always have a reference point for something, that thing becomes a stronghold. It's the same way we have reference point for when we got saved, when we got delivered. And every time you refer to it, you feel free. Right? When you make reference to something that holds you back, anytime you make reference to it, you feel bond. You feel like being in bondage. That's what happens. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. And like I said, even when you repeat mistakes, don't make reference to it. Because that's not how God sees you. That's not how God sees us. 
See, God doesn't, God, if you make mistakes today, God will not tie it to your past. No, because the blood has done what it's supposed to do. You see, that blood has, it, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. He will not make it and then turn it and say, okay, it's because you are not saved. No, 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 you're saved. But most of the time, we are the ones. Because we've not fully released and let go. And so God wants us to be fully delivered so that we can fully come into the new. Because you will not fully enjoy the new if you don't let go of the old. That's one of the things Dr. Woodruff said down the line. As I said, please be here on Wednesday. He said, I will send Elijah. Let me move very quickly. 1 Kings 18, 19. That's the point at which Elijah summoned the people from all over Israel to meet him on Mount Carmel. And he said, bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Because one of the things God is doing as we unpack the spirit and the power of Elijah is that he is defining you. He is defining me. God is defining us. God is telling us, this is the kind of power that is available to you. Because of the kind of assignment I want you to carry out in the midst of the last days. Because, like we've said, before the coming of the Lord, there has to be a dimension of the Spirit of God that goes ahead to prepare the way. And that is what the Spirit and the power of Elijah represent. And so God is defining us. And so, I mean, that was what Elijah said. He summoned the people and said, bring all of these crazy prophets. So I was reflecting on this this morning, and God asked me, Fred, what do you see? Just reflecting on this, just this verse. And God said, Fred, what do you see? I said, I see boldness. I see confidence. I see audacity of faith. I mean, this was the same man who was running away from Jezebel. All of a sudden, he showed up and said, okay, the reason you are chasing me, I'm ready to confront it. You want to kill me and silence the voice of God because of this crazy prophet that you have lying to the people. And he said, okay, all the people come together. Bring all the prophets of Baal. Bring all the prophets of Asherah. And let's meet on Mount Carmel. That's boldness. And so God will help me tell you, what is that thing that has been chasing you until now? God is saying you have what it takes to take a stand right now. What is that thing that you've been running away from? What is that thing that has become like, you know, a bulldog? What's the most dreadful breed of dog that we have? Huh? Pitbull. My pastor used to have one. My goodness. One of those days, I, I mean, we, we rarely go to his house, man, because of that dog. If he says, come visit, you will think twice. You want to make sure his group. You are going in a group. Lady Toby, you understand what I'm talking about? You remember that dog? Yeah, 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 yeah. One of those days, I went by myself. So I was like, I'm just going to faith it and I'm going to just be bold about this. This dog, I hope it's changed. I hope, I just hope this dog will behave. So I went and I opened the gate gently and to walk from the gate of their former place to the building itself is quite a distance. Henry, you know the house as well? Aha! Uh-huh. I mean, we have witnesses here, so you can ask them. My brother Henry is here. <laughs> and my sister Lady Toby is here. So, I said, let me brave it. And then, I started walking, and I was going very quietly. All I wanted to do was to get to the dog, knock quietly, and then enter. But this dog, 
came from the back of the house, saw me. Hey, you needed to see the speed. And the dog is very heavy. You know what I did? I just made, see, it was like, I wish I could obey God like that. I would pray I would be able to obey God the way I obeyed myself. That. I mean, I did not think twice. I just made a U-turn. I didn't look back. And, and I didn't run. It was very brisk just to walk outside the gate and just be free. Because I know once I get outside the gate, you know, you know I've left his territory. That's what I did. I just, pam, 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 pam. You know, I mean, as a matter of fact, even though I was walking, I saw myself flying. So the question is this. What is that problem that is like this dog that's been chasing you, that you've been running away from? God is saying, take a stand. Take a stand. See, guys, we, we will not be able to finish if we don't come into this dimension. We are the Elijah people. See, we have to prepare the way. We have to prepare the people. But we will not be able to function if we still have Jezebel chasing us. You will not be able to manifest if you still have Jezebel chasing you and you are still afraid of Jezebel. So what is it in your life that represents Jezebel that has been chasing you that you are afraid of? God is saying, take a stand. So when God was asking me the question this morning, I said, Father, this is what I see. Say yes. Communicate that to the people. Take a stand. Because, guys, we will not be able to finish. We will not be able to prepare the way. We will not be able to accomplish our last day assignment if we don't take a stand. This dimension of boldness and confidence we must gain. We must walk in. Take a stand. What have you been afraid of? Have you been afraid of rejection? Have you been afraid of what they will say? Your own is too much? Have you been afraid of, say, okay, they will, they will say you... Yeah, I mean, what are you afraid of? God is saying, take a stand. Some of us is, we are afraid of the spotlight. Some of us, we are afraid of what people will say. God is saying, take a stand. Some are afraid of success. Some are afraid of failure. God is saying, take a stand. Elijah took a stand. He took a stand. Because by the nature of the assignment that Elijah had, it was oppositional. I mean, see guys, the nature of our assignment in the last days, we attract a lot of resistance. Why do you think God will send in the spirit and the power of Elijah if there will be no resistance? There will be resistance. There will be things that want to scare you in the face and tell you that you can't move in this direction. One of these days, I, I, I trust God that we will have the time to, to delve into this more deeply. But one of those days, we were talking with my wife and there was this revelation that came from that interaction you know, that, that, that is so heavy. And I, and I was like, one of these days, we will teach it. Or she will teach it. And she was like, Jezebel, that Jezebel takes advantage. There's something Jezebel capitalizes on. Jezebel capitalizes on our fears. Jezebel capitalizes on brokenness, unhealed brokenness. Jezebel capitalizes on past pain, hot experiences that are bad. And the whole essence, what Jezebel wants to do is to keep your mouth shut. And by keeping your mouth shut is to keep your destiny shut. Because when I say mouth, it's easy to think mouth is just about speaking. And so you can say, at least pastor, I'm talking now. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Because for us to even be able to walk in the fullness of our destiny, you have to speak forth. It's to keep our light covered. Because what, that was what Jezebel was doing in the days of Elijah. 
Because Elijah was the authentic voice of God in that day. He wanted to kill, he was killing all the prophets. All the authentic voices. All the authentic voices. He was killing them and he was coming after Elijah as well. So there's a dimension of the truth and the life of God that the earth must experience through the portal of your life. Do not empower Jezebel to keep those dimensions shut. But one thing from that revelation that Jezebel will capitalize on is your fears. Unhealed brokenness. Certain things inside of you that are still locking. He will come. See that spirit will come and amplify it to you. And then before you know, you keep your mouth shut. You shrink. That's what happens. That's what happens. He will tell you, no, you know, it's not, it's not your type that is having this kind of event. It's not your type that's having this kind of program. It's not your type that is doing this kind of exploit. It's not your type that is doing, giving these kind of solutions. It's not your type that is taking these kind of steps. And then he will bring to you, amplify it, something that has, been, has not been dealt with on the inside of you. And use it to torment you. And all he wants to do is to ensure that the life of God that God wants to see manifest in this season does not flow through the portal of your life. So the question is, what is that thing? What is that thing that the enemy is taking advantage of? What is that dog? What is that thing that scares you? Because the thing is this. If we as individuals don't overcome these things, we will not be able to confront Baal and its prophets. We will not be able to confront Jezebel herself. We will not be able to confront the systems of the world. You know, and because there are a lot of people who are locked up right now in waterless religious places. There are a lot of people who are locked up in Babylon. If we don't get rid of those things, you will not be able to set them free. And yes, you are the one God has commissioned to set them free. And so we have to come into this dimension. We have to. To be able to prepare the way, prepare the people, restore all things, and usher in Christ. We have to. We have to. The last thing I want to say, and then we'll pray. Very last thing, and then we'll pray into this. Dr. Rudolph said, the community is a place of the arrival of the communication of God. And this is just to encourage us. The community is a place of arrival of the communication of God. There are certain words you will not hear in your closet. There are certain dimensions of the communications of God that God will only speak to a people, not to an individual. There are certain words I don't hear all by myself until I show up here. So the community is a place of arrival of the communication of God. When I say communication of God, I mean the proceeding word. I mean what God is saying now. I'm not talking about what he said in the past. What he's saying now. Because everywhere you go right now, they are teaching the word of God. But the question is, is that what God is saying now? And that's why I want to encourage everybody. Do not make here where you visit. Make here your home. Do not make here where you just come when it is convenient. If you truly want to journey with God to the end of time, if you truly want to break all of these things that hold you back and fully want to come into the fullness of who God has designed you to be in the midst of the last days, make here your home. 
And you would see how God will do a quick work in your life. Hallelujah. Let's rise to our feet. And I want us to just reflect. Take a moment and reflect on your life. What are those things? What was that, the representation of that dog? What are those things that, that scare you? That have been holding you back? I want you to begin to reflect on them right now. And I want you to see yourself taking a stand. See yourself take a stand. See yourself take a stand. This is a part of the service that I can't do for you. This is a part of the service that you have to do for yourself. Because you know what those things are. You know what the fears are. You know what the challenges are. God wants you to take a stand. God is saying, I have empowered you to take a stand. And you need to know that you are empowered to take a stand. God wants you to take a stand. Is it a habit? Or a pain? Or hurt? Attitude, behavior, whatever. God wants you to take a stand. Take a stand. And I want you to know that the power of God is here with you. The power of God is here with you. He has released that dimension to us. Like Elijah, take a stand. Take a stand. And what are those things that you know that Jezebel has been taking advantage of, has been using to keep your mouth shut, to keep your destiny shut? To prevent your true identity from manifesting. What are those things? It's time to let them go. It's time to let them go. Because as long as those things remain, Jezebel will continue to use them against you. God is saying, let them go. Let them go. Let them go. Let them go. Take a stand. Whatever represents Jezebelic spirit around you, take a stand. And whatever it is that the enemy has been using against you, purge yourself of it. Purge yourself of it. Let it go. It is not yours. It is not yours. That fear is not yours. That low self-concept is not yours. That identity crisis is not yours. That sense and mentality of being insignificant is not yours. That thing that tells you that you are too small is not yours. That thing that tells you that you are only a woman, that is not the voice of God. It is not yours. That thing that
tells you that your background, uh, you are not like people who do this kind of great things. I am saying it is not yours. Because you are not defined by your background. You are who God says you are. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. The power of God is here. To deliver the power of God is here to set free. There's so much fire on the inside of you. Let it go. 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 Take your stand against Jezebel. Take your stand against that dog. Take your stand. Take your stand. Take your stand. Take your stand. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you. You carry the fire of God. You carry the power of God. You carry the spirit of God. Take a stand. Take a stand. Take a stand. Oh, man, le kashe la bronde kale akatala broma shele bronde. Le ketele broma shele broko tomala brosko lianda. Right now, for just two minutes, I want us to do this corporately. Let's just pray in the spirit. And we are praying for one another. Let's pray for one another in the spirit. Father, I am not just praying for myself. I am praying for my brothers. I am praying for my sisters. No more running, we take a stand. No more running, we take a stand. No more running, we take a stand. Like a lighter, we take a stand. In the name of Jesus. Make it celebrate, Kalianda. Makata, lebroko to malebronde. Makata, lebroma, celebroko to malabronde. No more running from that book brokenness. We take a stand. No more running from that hurt and pain. We take a stand. No more running. We take a stand. Make it celebrate, Kalianda. Makala broko to malebronde. No more running from that mindset. We take a stand. Make it celebrate, Kaliakata. Makala broko to malebronde, Kalianda. In this kingdom community, we take a stand against fear of failure. We take a stand against fear of success. We take a stand against wrong identity. We take a stand. We take a stand against what people will say. We take a stand against fear of men. We take a stand. We take a stand. We take a stand against mediocrity. We take a stand against smallness. We take a stand. Hey, 
Warinde kahite le brokoli akata. Makala brokoli ande katele broma chele brande. We take a stand because a lot is at stake. The earth is groaning for our manifestation. The earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. We cannot allow this to hold us back. We take a stand. Ah, Father, we pray. Everything that the enemy has been using against us to keep our mouth shut, to keep our destiny locked. Hey, we purge, we purge from our lives, from our midst. In the name of Jesus. Hey, Macalebronde, Calia Catalabro, Machelebronde, Lecate, La Broco to Malabronde, Malebron de Caliane Cata, Machelebroco to Malabrocoliana, Lecatelebroco to Malabronde, Malecata, Eliane Cate, Machelebroco to Maliana, Macalabroco to Malia, Lecate, Malebron de Calia, Macalebroco to Malia, Machelebroco to Eliane Cata, Aliane Cahin de Brocalia, Macalabroco to Malabronde. Makala brokariana, nekete iliane kata, mashele brokoto malabrone. Oh Father, no one in this community is permitted to remain under any form of bondage. Ah, le kata la brokoto malabrokariana, nekete le bromaliane kata. Ah, no bondage to fear, to mediocrity, to hurt, to pain, to to. to Memories, hey! Halle katalabro machele bronde. We are not in bondage to negative memories. Every negative memory, Father, delete, 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 delete. In the name of Jesus, we will no longer make that reference point. <laughs> delete, oh God! Delete, oh God! The late, oh God. The late, oh God. Father, let there be nothing to refer to. Let there be nothing in my past to refer to. Let there be nothing in my memory from my past to refer to. In the name of Jesus, you are our reference point. You are my new starting context. You are my starting context. Christ, you are our starting context. You are our starting context. We do not have any past that is not you. We do not have any past that is not in you. I do not have any past that is not you, oh God. In the name of Jesus. You are my starting context. You are my starting context. You are my starting context. Father, let those memories be deleted permanently. That anytime I need to make a reference, it is you. It is you. Anytime I look back, I see you. Anytime I look back, I see you. Not my mistakes. Not the pain. Not the hurt. Not the disappointment. Not the offense. I see you, oh God. I see you. I see you. You are my new starting context. You are my new beginning. It is in you that I live, I move, and have my being. I have no other reference point outside of you, oh God. 
I have no other reference point outside of you. I have no other reference point outside of you. I have no other reference point outside of you. I have no other reference point outside of you, oh God. You are my reference point. You are my new starting context. Not my past failures. Not my past mistakes. Not those negative experiences. Not those negative words I have heard. Not those negative words that have been spoken concerning me. Hey, no, you are my starting context, Father. You are my starting context. I am brand new in you, oh God. I am brand new. I am brand new. I am brand new. Oh, Father, thank you. We give you praise, God. We give you honor, Father. Thank you, Father, for deliverance. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for freedom, oh God. Thank you for those painful memories that you have deleted, oh God. Thank you, Father, because no more negative reference points in our lives. Those things that the enemy would want to use to cripple you today because they happened in the past. They are deleted permanently in the name of Jesus. You will no longer look to them. If God needs you to make a move, you will move. You will move. You will not think about the past failures. You will not think about the past mistakes. You will not think about those things because those things will want to paralyze you. No more. No more. No more. In the name of Jesus. And Father, we are not going back. 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 Oh, we give you praise. Can we just appreciate God? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Let's be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just a word that I got for us as we're praying. You see, your mouth, your mouth shapes your destiny. Your mouth. And so, please, don't use your mouth to undo what God has done. And God said, one of the ways we do that is, we say, we, 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 own, we still own the past. Even by the way we speak, the things we say. Unknowingly, we, we, we define ourselves unknowingly because we make reference to that past. Unknowingly. And God said, no. That's why it looks as if we've carried this for this long. God is saying, no, no, don't. You are brand new. Jesus is your starting context. Jesus is what? Your starting context. Jesus is your starting context. Anything that you don't see in Jesus, don't use your mouth to claim it for yourself. Anything you don't see in Jesus, don't use your mouth to claim it for yourself. And if God ever shows up to your life tomorrow and highlights a dimension of your life that is not in line with the nature and character of Christ, just know that he has come to fix it. He has not come to condemn you. No, he has not come to make you feel small. Not, yeah, no, 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 that's not what he does. He has come to fix it. And so you must then let him fix it. Let him fix it. And I want to add this. That, you see, what is at stake before us is a lot. Our generation cannot miss this. Do you know what I'm saying? Our generation cannot miss this. The destiny of humanity is at stake. The destiny of the earth is at stake. That's why the Bible says that the earth is, is what? Is groaning as in a child birth like pangs to be delivered 
And that earth is what is waiting for whose manifestation? Your manifestation. And so what the enemy is trying to do is prevent us from coming to that place. I said, don't let him. Don't let him. There's so much for us to accomplish for God. There's so much God would have us do. There's so much. The destiny of people at stake. Every day people die. Every day people die. Significant number of that. Every day I hear, when I hear, like, hey God, did this person even have a chance to repent? Honestly, every day. I was like, did this person, was there a chance that this person repented? Every day. Every day. Until Elijah took a stand. The people were headed in the wrong direction. Until Elijah took a stand, confronted his fears, confronted the Jezebel that was pursuing him, wanted to kill him. He took a stand. He got rid of the fear and took a stand. He got rid of the fear and took a stand. He conquered the fear and took a stand. So God wants us to take our stand. And I want to say this, that getting rid of the fear and whatever it is in our own case that Jezebel may be holding on to to shut us down is not the end. But it's actually the beginning. All right? That was the first thing Elijah did. For Elijah to be able to summon in 1 Kings 18 and say, call all the prophets of Baal and Asherah, he had already gotten rid of the fear. Because prior to that, he was running and hiding in caves. Right? But after he encountered God, he got rid of the fear. And God gave him an instruction. And then he went back and took a stand. That's the second thing. But that is not the end in itself. Taking a stand against the prophet of Baal and Asherah is not the end. It's still a process. The end is the people. The end is so that the people might see the glory of God. The end is so that the people might be delivered. And so I'm saying to us today that as we get rid of the fear, get rid of the bad memories, get rid of those things that the enemy is using against us, then we take our stand. The target at the end of the day is the people, not us. Whatever God is doing in my life, the end point is not me. The end point is the people he wants to reach through me. The reason God is building your life, the way he's building your life now, this process will not end with you. It's because of people that will be set free and delivered on your account. Because you will take a stand. As you take a stand, you are not taking a stand for yourself. You're taking a stand because of destinies that are attached to you. Remember what the assignment is. Preparing the way. Preparing the people. Restoring all things. So the people is very important. God wants us to prepare the people. But for us to be able to do that, we have to stand against these oppositional forces that try to muzzle us. This is very important. One of the things that we're going to be seeing on Wednesday that I'm going to be trusting God to highlight more to us, the very last point that Dr. Woodruff made when he was looking at unpacking the principles of Elijah, he said, in the wilderness of this life, let your voice be heard. Because that is what the enemy want to, wants, to, wants to what? Shut down. And the voice is not just your physical voice. Your life is your voice. The way you live is your voice. Because we, we, we do not only speak with our mouth. We speak with our lifestyle. We speak with what we do, right? How we posture. On social media, we speak, we communicate. So your voice is not just what comes out of your mouth, literally. It is what come out, comes out of your life. He said, let your voice be heard. Because that's what the enemy is coming after. 
Let your voice be heard. Hallelujah.